This is the Bright Side Podcast. I am Brittany. Together, let's try to find the brighter side of things that come our way. Now it's time to get the show on the road. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of The Bright Side with Brittany. Um, Today's episode, I have the pleasure of introducing my boyfriend to all of you. So he's going to kind of chat a little bit about some questions I had set up for an interview from all of you um, about what it's like to date an entrepreneur, a single mom, um, get into relationship with that. Yeah. So I'm just going to introduce him a bit. He is an electrician. He's been doing it since he was 17. He's now 25 and he works a lot and I work a lot. So it's an interesting dynamic. But he came into our lives when I had a two-year-old and an, gosh, I don't know what he was, seven, eight, nine months old, like nine, nine months old. But that's kind of where our story started. Um, when he first met me, I think I was in my second-ish year of business for photography stuff. Um, I was only doing a few weddings, I think the year before I met him. And then the year that we started dating was the year that I had like 30 plus weddings. So that was interesting. But yeah, Logan, you can say hi now. (laughs) Hi guys. So we're in different rooms of our house. So this is interesting. Okay, Logan, to start off, I want you to tell me kind of your first thoughts about getting into a relationship with me knowing that I was a single mom plus that I had two kids. And you guys, this is something we never really talk about. And this is probably going to be the longest conversation him and I have had all week. And we have not gone over these questions together. So this is all new to me as well. So Logan, answer my question. Um, So going into it, uh, I guess my background kind of plays into a little bit. Um, Most people probably don't know it. Definitely not. You're kind of following base here, but um, my parents as well divorced when I was at a very young age. Um, and I was very, very fortunate to have um, a great stepdad that he, to me, he's dad. Um, so as far as, you know, a lot of people get hung up on that. Well, you know, she's a single mom or she has kids and um, that, they let that kind of hinder their decision a lot. But for me, that was, uh, I, I, I'd experienced it. Uh, first person, we're uh, real world experience on that. Um, so it wasn't necessarily something I looked into, but it is definitely always in the back of your head too. Cause you know, obviously when you first start, you know, it's dating, it's one-on-one, but at the end of the day, there's, there's more than one person involved. And so it takes a little extra looking out and um, navigation to make that work. But for me anyway, it wasn't a huge red flag. At first day. <laughs> I don't, I don't like using the word red flag, but I guess so. <laughs> what about divorce with two kids, two and under? Was that a red flag? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, no comment. No, I mean, yeah. obviously there's a lot, there's a lot to both of our stories. So at the end of the day, no. What about the like business owner part of it? Again, again, it's kind of ironic as you and I, there's, you know, any of our friends can sit in there and say how different we are from each other and, um, you know, how the heck we even ended up together. But 
you know, our, a lot of our stories align. A lot of the reasons I think we're aligned is because of our upbringing, our parents. Um, and again, back to, I'm just going to call him my dad because that's what he is to me. You know, he's, my dad owns Sparkle Car Wash, he owns Midwest Top Shop. He had, I don't know how many other things in his hands when I was growing up as a kid. So I was always involved in that. And to me, it wasn't necessarily a new thing. I mean, there was a lot of nights that, you know, dinner was just me and my, just me and mom, you know, dad was working or, you know, obviously he was, I don't want to portray it like that because he was always very present in my life and everything practices. He never really missed anything. But as far as the entrepreneur life, I knew what to expect, what it takes, you know, sacrifice that come along the way. Um, It's definitely been a learning curve as your photography and your time frame and your schedule and stuff like that is a lot different than say like a, you know, a trades entrepreneur or an insurance adjuster, something along those lines. Yeah, for sure. And it's, it's something that I think I first noticed right off the bat too, was that so much of our story as far as our parents um, was similar because me having parents that were business owners and you knowing like what it was like um, with your dad growing up as him being a business owner, it was nice to know that you've kind of seen the backside of that. And also with you and your stepdad, which like you said, we know him as your dad, you've kind of been on the flip side of that. So for me, that was comforting because I knew that you've experienced and you wouldn't want to give my parent or my, give my kids a poor experience, I guess I should say. So that was a good answer. What was one thing that surprised you about getting into a relationship with a photographer? Like what's something you never understood or even knew that either I did or that I experienced or anything about the photographer world? What's something that surprised you about that? I think any I think any guy uh, you know or significant other that's asked this question, guy, girl, the first thing, the only thing is gonna be the calling, the amount of time that is spent behind the scenes. You can't put it into words. You know I mean? It's getting your picture taken as a kid. You know, they take the picture, they send it to Walgreens and 25 minutes later, you go pick it up and you got, you, <laughs> put it, you know, an album. But I mean, when you're, you know, for instance, obviously, you know, I've helped you a lot as far as the calling and, you know, stuff like that when you need my help and, you know, you see pictures and I know when we, I first started, you know, it was, looking for certain things, you know, looking for, you know, say this girl here, just the way the lighting was or the background, or we might not have got, when there's a group shot of 25 people, we might not have got her in her best look, but on a picture over here, her eyes were open, everything looks great. So trying to, you know, put those photos together and get her head onto that perfect or using that picture and cropping out a background. I mean, and then, you know, not only that, but you start at 5,000, 6,000 pictures, get it down to 2,500, and then that down to 500, and yeah. you know, to put out a good quality product all the time. And it's it's significant amount of time. And it's honestly, watching it and seeing it, it's, it's kind of an art at itself, but it's time-consuming, you know. To do one wedding is, I can't imagine, you know, there's a lot of times you have seven or eight on the docket. Mm-hmm. Plus, you know, in mini shoots in between and headshots, whatever the, you know, whatever the schedule allows. But so I yeah, think that's something I definitely should have taught you 
how to do way sooner because I think I finally caved and taught you how to do that this, what was it, fall? Probably. Right, this wedding season. It came to a point, I was at a breaking point where I needed to just edit and I could not take the time to call. So finally I sat him down and got narrative select and showed him how to call. And I said that I overshoot and I don't think he was ever expecting to sit down and have to call through over 6,000 pictures of a wedding. So I will say that's, I think that was your least favorite thing to call through. But also at the same time, I would say it's the most fun because you get to see an entire wedding day kind of unfold as you were I was there and you were here with the kids and you kind of got to experience it. So I think it's kind of cool. And for me, I'm glad that I taught you how to do it because now it's almost, it's almost like you get to share a little bit of my work and I can never share a little bit of your work because I don't know how to do anything with electrical. So I can replace a light bulb and I'll stick to that. What was something that surprised you about being in a relationship with a single mom, like getting into that relationship? Oh, I mean, yeah, obviously that's something that nobody really knows. And, you know, you see the stuff on Facebook or, you know, people talking about, you know, how strong single moms are. And, but until you really see it, I mean, it's a, I don't want to use the word gruesome, but I mean, it's, it's a crazy thing. You know, I, I, I relate to now, you know, with you and I, obviously we both have very busy schedules and, but I mean, the kids are always a center point of our life and everything, but I mean, kids are a lot of work. People, you know, it's, that's, you know, as soon as you get pregnant or you're expecting, you know, you always say, Oh man, you know, you're in for it now. It's a lot of, that doesn't even do it justice. I mean, they are a lot of work and it's, it just seems like the days that you have a really long day outside of your family are the nights that are bad or they don't want to go to bed or, you know, whatever the case may be. And I guess my point to the kind of the rambling here is, you know, it's right now I've never had it to where it was just I, you know, maybe I have a Saturday afternoon, but we're as a team, you and I, you know, getting these three kids, you know, groceries fed, baths, jammies to bed on time, schoolwork done for Emerson now, you know, the house picked up and all that. I mean, for the two of us, that's, that's a lot of work. It really is. And so just back to the single mom perspective, I mean, you really don't understand how hard and, you know, significant that is, you know, it kind of you and I now as a team, you know, in the summer and wintertime, I handle the outside stuff. You handle the inside stuff. We kind of have, you know, you do this kid's bath. Mm -hmm. I do the shower, these jammies, you know, back and forth in it it all kind of works out. But I mean, when it's just you, it's just you. Especially when you first met me, well, and still now, I have the kids full time. I don't do joint custody and all that jazz. We've never had to shuffle them. So since you and I have met and started dating, I have had the kids full time. And with the exception of like my family and your family helping out, obviously, but with babysitters and stuff, it's even with that, there's never been enough time for you and I to connect in a way. You know, I mean, I'm okay, eat my words. We've connected, but not in the typical way that most people that start dating do because we never just got to date. 
and start dating. It was all, it was always, we had to date with the kids. Like we had to figure out how to make time for each other with me having two kids. And I think that that was a crazy thing to experience and kind of accept. Like now we've been together for almost three years. So I feel like we have a system now, but at first it was so hard. And I know there was a lot of nights that I was so frustrated because I've never felt burdened by my kids, but I also just envied that life of just being able to freely date. Like if we could just pick up and go on a date or pick up and go somewhere for the weekend, we've never had that experience together. And at the same time, it's been special to experience that with our kids, but it's also been frustrating. And to anybody that's confused listening, um, he said three kids and I've said two. I have two kids, Emerson and Beckham, and then him and I, Logan and I have one together that just turned one. So together we have one. I consider my older two his two because he's been there since almost the beginning, but that's where the three and two is coming from. But something else that I was wondering and my questions was, what is an aspect of my job that you dislike the most? <laughs> um, it's probably the same thing you dislike about my job the most. Uh, it's just <laughs> time away from home, time. You know, um, and, that, and that's kind of back to earlier. I was saying, you know, your job just being a little different from the entrepreneurial life that I'm used to is, you know, I mean, my schedule is very, very busy, especially now that I have been traveling the last three and a half years, you know, commuting to run an office in the Des Moines area. From us, that's about an hour and a half. But, uh, you know, this time of year, is, you know, today it actually took me four hours to get home with the weather. So, uh, but anyway, back to you is, you know, your your stuff is around people, right? A lot of your, you know, the, it's family pictures, it's weddings. So that's weekends, that's after five o'clock. You know, and my schedule is, you know, I'm usually up by three thirty, four in the morning and then home by five. So there's a lot of nights that, you know, there's a lot of times that when you get done editing and you're heading to bed, I'm headed out the door to work and vice versa. I'm getting home and you're leaving to go to a shoot. So that was that was probably something that you and I struggled with for a long time as far as kind of what you touched on about like time for ourselves. Um, I mean. It was like, really, you know, you had the kids, you know, all day or this night. And then as soon as, you know, one of one of us got home, the other one left and it was just kind of switching duties, but running into each other in between, it almost felt like roommates sometimes, but it's all kind of part of it too. And I mean, I think when you sit down, I mean, when you get to the age, you really just got to figure out what you want and set your priorities, you know, and not saying that. Definitely not saying, you know, money work, that's worth, you know, making it worth it. But, you know, you also got to figure out where you want to get in life and, you know, how you want to do it. And I think that played in, played a lot into us making it work. And it's it was definitely a learning curve. I mean, there was a lot of adjustments. There was a lot of things that we had to do. And I think even daily too, it's almost like, I don't know, trial and error. Like what did not work? today or what did not work this week that we need to figure out for next week, especially being outnumbered with kids now is one of us. It seems like always has two kids while the other handles one or vice versa, or 
We're each channeling one kid and Chandler is just chilling by himself somewhere in the house. So it's, yeah. it's a definitely a teamwork thing, but it's definitely a daily trial and error. I don't know, especially with our schedules. Yeah. The, the other, the, you know, the other thing, your job too, that is like, it's again, it's back to just us going through things and working through things is, you know, your job is, we're just going to say work from home and, you know, weddings, when you're actually out shooting, that's probably a 10th of the actual product that's put out. So the other nine tenths of the product is done within the walls of our home. So you're home all day. You're with the kids all day. It's, you know, loud noises, messes. So by the time I get home, you're ready to just, you know, be out of here. <laughs> and, but, you know, like in, in the summertime, that's great. You know, in the summertime, we never spend time you know in the house. We're always on walks or, Luckily, you know, where we live, we got all the woods and our big lot. We're out with the kids doing that stuff. But, you know, like wintertime, I mean, it's cold out there. And so I'll be out working, you know, 12, 14 hours, come home. And all I want to do is sit in front of our fireplace and you're vice versa. You're getting me the heck out of this house. <laughs> I don't care if it's to run in and walk around Menards or bomb guards. Let's go. And so that's when, you know, it's, it's like I get home, I'm ready to relax and sit down. And you're like, all right, he's home. Now my time to relax. But. I got to get out and do something. Yeah, especially on the weekends because you've been gone all week for 12, 14 hours a day. And I've been home every single day, all day from start to finish. And I want to go do something. And you're like, are you sure we just can't stay here? (laughs) I'm like, no. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know. It's like I said, it's all good. And it's all, it's just a learning curve and it's working. And I mean, it's part of being in a relationship, especially as adults, you know, there's, there's there's certain things you got to do that you don't always like. And there's certain things that, you know, your significant other's going to have to do that you don't like too. And, you know, if it's worth it, you're going to make it work. And, but I say, if you're not in the right place or it's not going to, not going to work out, I think you, you'll find that out pretty quick. Yeah, for sure. Um, what's something like the biggest challenge we've kind of touched on it a little bit, but what's like, the biggest challenge do you think that we face balancing work from home life with me and parenthood? Like, where is that? What do you think the biggest challenge the biggest, is? The biggest challenge for, I think I can speak for both of us, but for me personally, is just my time management. Um, you know, obviously it's, it's easy to say and it's cliche to, uh, cliche to say. And I, it, I mean it when I say it, but it's, I mean, yeah, obviously what's within the walls of your home is the most important things in your life. You know, your, your kids, your time at home. But as a, as a business owner, as somebody that, you know, is a big, is a, is a higher up in a big organization. I mean, when you get home, you know that work doesn't quit. Uh, I, I don't really, you know, as far as to where we're at in our careers, no matter how bad you get home and you want to just, you know, shut your phone off, put your computer away, your mind's still turning and burning all night long. Yeah. So, But on the flip side of that too, you know, hey, I've just been away from my kids for 12 hours. Obviously, it's great to see them and you want to spend as much time with them, but there might be 40 emails you want to get sent out or somebody just saying something that you need to review and get notarized or need to get turned around right away and sent back out because somebody out in the field is waiting on a response or... You got guys that got, you know, that are out on a project that need a fast question. You know, they got a question they need a response right now or 
they need you to get something to them back and forth. And at the same time, you know, your kids need fed. You're sitting you know, your wife, girlfriend, she wants help with dinner, you know? So just, you know, being present with where you're at is something that I personally struggle with a lot, but I, I think you, I, guess I agree. Can both of us on that, but yeah, especially since I think one thing too, that probably took you by surprise when we first started dating and not so much started dating, but when we first got most comfortable with each other, like doing our own thing with our time together. So I think when you first start dating, you kind of, walk not on thin ice but you know what I mean like where you don't want to fully jump into it yet like when we first started dating I couldn't be on my computer 24-7 or my phone 24-7 in our time together because why would you want to pursue a relationship if that's what she does right off the bat so getting more comfortable into our relationship obviously like over 50% of my job is on my computer on my phone whether it's emails, editing, updating my website, DMing people, whatever it may be. I think that's something that took you by surprise because you always thought I was just on my phone, but it's working from my devices all the time. And I even hate it. But for you, that was definitely, I think, something you didn't realize about my line of work was how much came from like my time in front of a screen. So with now being almost three years into the relationship, there's a lot of times where I have to be on my phone at the most inconvenient times, or even I have to make you drive somewhere because I have to edit in the car on my laptop. So it's the time management thing and just being present is totally, totally spot on because Sometimes it's easy to get sucked into like if you're emailing somebody on your phone while I'm making supper and then while we're eating supper, you're eating and then I have to email somebody back on my phone. It's just totally, I don't know. I think the screen time thing is something that we have to work on for the year, kind of like a New Year's resolution type thing because in front of the kids, it's like the last thing. I want is for them to see us like consumed in our devices all the time. But would you agree that you were surprised by how much time I would spend on my stuff? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah I, was... I remember there was one point that first year of dating, you were always like, I don't know where we were. I think we were out for supper one time or something. You go, what are you always doing on your phone? <laughs> and I think I was sending somebody like a response to a wedding inquiry or something. I'm like, uh, nothing. <laughs> and it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's obviously awesome, but it's bad too. I mean, but modern day, just with technology, it's, it's too easy. And, and you love technology because it's so easy, you know, to make a phone call to somebody that you don't get to talk to a lot or, you know, send a quick email or be able to complete stuff, you know, not have to go to the office or be in front of a computer. But at the same time too, it's so everyone's so reliant on it. You know I mean? I'm to the point now that I really can't even like hook my phone up Bluetooth to my truck to listen to music because the thing never shuts off phone calls. Yeah, I mean, that's, the, that is true. I look for one of my old iPods so I can at least listen to music. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah, please do. Never. That's what I mean. Must you know? I feel 50, 60 phone calls a day, and it's, that's again. You're and I think you're spot on with that too. 
And it kind of goes back to, you know, just being present and being with who you're with. Yeah. I think we say that to each other quite a bit. We, yeah, we do. And that's, <laughs> and, 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 you know, I think we do it as trying to be rude, but as, you know, as a reminder to each other, because again, obviously with our relationship and where we're at, we've talked a lot about, you know, our, our goals and we're comfortable enough with each other that if, you know, one of us sees something that needs corrected or is maybe not, you know, the most appropriate at the right times or whatever, obviously we talk about it, handle our stuff privately that way. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, just being on the same page as your partner obviously is, is big too. Yeah, I agree. And it's, it's just something again too, that's like a trial and error thing. Like I feel like screen time is so hard because it's just so easy. Like you said, it's just in our faces all the time and it's so easy to check something. Like I told Logan a few weeks ago, I think I, I didn't wear my Apple watch for a day because it was dead or I forgot to charge it or something. And I think I told him the next day, I said, I have never felt so good at the end of a day because I didn't wear my Apple watch because that thing goes off nonstop between texts and calls and FaceTimes and emails, Facebook messages, whatever it is, that thing, just knowing that my phone is dinging the same time my watch is dinging and half the time I'm on my computer and that's dinging too. And just having my watch off for a day has been such a good feeling because now I don't even care if I don't charge it. Like now that I'm more in my off season, I wear it way less and it's such a good feeling because I didn't realize how much it was like consuming me, like how much my watch was going off. So it's just the littlest things like that. And for me, this is like my off season. So I get to reset. Like Logan never gets that because he works year round. But I'm looking forward to kind of stepping back and like reprioritizing the stuff I really want to change, especially in within our family. <laughs> because I hate screen time. Um, and with the kids, I've really been trying to cut back on that too because... We don't need that crap all the time. But anyways, um, what part of the year do you look forward to and dread the most? You can start with dreading because I'd rather the bad news before the good news. Um, and dreading is just is wedding season. Um, <laughs> Which is? Every weekend throughout the summer. And fall. Fall and spring. And I mean, it's, yeah, really, you know, probably six, eight weeks, maybe of this time of year, which would obviously become my favorite time, but it's, I don't know. It's good and it's bad. We met, I mean, I say we miss out on a lot, but it's, again, it's, you know, it's eight hours, eight, 10 hours, one day a week. So it's not the end of the world, but it gets harder and harder, especially as our kids get older. Um, I think it's been hard too. this year, I think felt better, but last year and the year before, seemed so much harder because especially that first year of dating, we missed out on so much stuff that I wanted to do, but had no control over because I already had a wedding booked. Like I booked it before I even met Logan. So like there was concerts we missed out on, um, I don't know, games, things our friends were doing, birthday parties, family Christmases, Thanksgivings, whatever, because I just couldn't do anything about it. And 2021 was my most chaotic season. Not only did I get divorced that year and meet Logan in the same year, but I also <clears throat> had an ungodly amount of weddings that 
or a lot of doubleheader weekends. So I had Saturday, Sundays or Friday, Saturdays. So considering that we made it through that year of my life and weddings and a nasty divorce and all this crap, I'm just glad we survived it because now it seems like the years get easier. Like last year, I was able to kind of schedule around things we really wanted to do. In this next year, like 2024 and 25, I finally hired an associate team, which was a huge, I don't know, I think our relationship was a huge reason behind that because not only are like the kids getting older, but we also want to invest more of our time into our relationship and into our family and do more things with the kids, like vacations in the summer when they're off of school, especially since my oldest will be going to kindergarten in the fall. Her being gone every day, like kindergarten, Monday to Friday, all day long. I really want to take a lot of time this summer to just invest in the family. So hiring an associate team was a huge thing. I think we've been talking about that since probably 2021, that that winter after we started dating because I think you asked me one time like so are you always gonna do like 30 weddings a year (laughs) I think you asked me that one time over supper I'm like um no I don't think so (laughs) we just realized especially with the kids and how active our kids are I mean even now that we're just doing dance and stuff that stuff you don't ever want to miss no that was kind of a big, I mean, I said, we've been talking about the associate thing for probably, right. I mean, probably within the, you know, the first year really, you know, kind of got into it. Then last year was kind of where we, you know, it's like, we, you know, we really need to make this happen, figure out, you know, obviously it sounds easy on paper, you know, oh yeah, we'll book 40, book 60 weddings. We'll have five people work for us, put it out there. They take the ones they want. But when you come down to logistics of it and finding the right people and, you know, what it really takes to hire a team of people that you can trust. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's to majority of people, that's, you know, the biggest day of their life. And you're, you know, after everybody knows after a wedding's over, you got the rings and the pictures about the only two things that are really left over that are, you know, hard copy, you can put your hands on other than memories. So it, it's, it's a lot of faith in a person. It's kind of, you know, you know, you say, well, it's how important a photographer is, and but until you really think about it and what you have left after your wedding day, they are probably, they are probably, if not the most important person there, obviously minus the bride and groom and stuff. But so to hire a team of, of people that you trust to take care of that responsibility, do a great job and put that all together to put a good product out. It definitely, definitely sounded a lot easier on paper. Even you reading through all of the applicants, like that was... I probably got in four times as many as I ever expected. So I had to have Logan weed through these things with me because it was like three, four pages of questions and answers. And I printed them all out and we took an afternoon and read through them all. Pros and, and con lists. And yeah, it was. They were all really good. It was really, you know, again, it's, it's like hiring anybody. It's really tough to say no to anybody, but. And then doing, I had to do interviews and there was a lot of nights where I would have to have Logan take the kids out of the house or 
he would pick my daughter up from dance and they would have to go drive around and stall. So that way I could finish an interview and I had to do interviews after bedtime. And oh, it was just, it was a, it was a deal. But I'm glad that we finally have a team of trusted photographers and that I can kind of take more time off and with family. So yeah, it'll be good. What time of, or what part of the year do you look forward to the most? Probably winter. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> got to start. Obviously this time of year is your off season, um, which is nice. Cause yeah, you know, you're not obviously you still do shoots, mini shoots and Christmas stuff and families and all that and stuff. But as far as, you know, you're home pretty much all the time, but it's also winter outside. So it's hard to say it's my favorite time of the season, but, uh, you know, I don't know, it's, you know, there's stuff, you know, that people don't really talk about and you thought the down season, but I mean, as far as like our finances and stuff go this time of year, um, so you got to save up to save up to have money to go through, you know, the whole season. And, you know, same with me too, you know, this is time you're not necessarily working. So, added expenses and stuff like that, you know, it's a lot of it falls more on me, on my plate, which understandably so, but I guess it's all kind of part of the swing of, you know, being a photographer. Yeah. Okay. This is a fun question um, that somebody sent me and the person that sent me this, it took me by surprise too, because I never (laughs) would have guessed that they saw me this way, but it's funny. What are your thoughts on dating somebody who is not an optimistic person. And quite honestly, the the least optimistic person I have ever met was the question. <laughs> well, if I'd have known that before, I probably would have just steered clear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's funny. So it must be that must be somebody close. But no, that's one thing you know, I said again, there's nothing on here. I mean, we might not have talked in depth a lot of these things, but there's nothing we had talked about on here. But you know, the, your least optimism is just a lot of days is enough to drive a dude crazy. <laughs> I mean, it really is. And I, there's just, you know, I, I don't even know how to go in depth and how to explain it, but yeah, the optimism thing, you know, it's today's going to be a good day, you know, and you'll win. No, it's not. Chandler had two blowouts, 90 degrees by 9 a.m. It's like, all right, let's, you know. <laughs> Most glasses are half full, but you usually have the half empty glass in the nicest way to say that possible, of course. But well, at least then I'm never disappointed. This there, I guess that's the one upside to it is there's not very there's not very many times you get your hopes up. Which as sad as it is to say, sometimes that's bailed me out to where, you know, we have a date night planned or something you and I want to do and then all of a sudden work, you know, gets in the way and I gotta tell you, hey, I'm not going to be home tonight or I got to stay out of town tonight or I'm going to be home late. Okay, that's fine. I'll I'll make something for the kids. I'm like, and that went a lot. She took that a lot better than (laughs) whatever, you know, a girlfriend in the past has. So I guess that's maybe the one good thing about it. But yeah, that's that's a good question. I think that person could probably speak for themselves on the answer. (laughs) Well, now everybody's going to think I'm the least, I don't even know the word. I, I don't think it's meant in a bad way. No. It's not that you're negative all the time. It's just, there's, you know, I mean, I don't know. I think that. 
I just don't find any reason to be optimistic and get your hopes let down or like. Right. And I think you're a lot of what you've been doing. You know, I think up until this year really has been more reactive than proactive, especially with, you know, I mean, having just three young kids is enough, but I mean, with growing a brand, doing a lot of it by yourself, you know, before the associate team and obviously like, you know, we've in our personal life, moving to the new house, you know, there's all the things going on. It's hard for a single person to, you know, be proactive about all that. So I think a lot of your stuff too is just kind of, you know, get up in the morning or is there a kid sick? No. Nope. Okay. <laughs> get these ones fed, you know, be reactive, proactive about it. So. Yeah, for sure. I, I think of so much of what I've been through too, like with my past and, I don't know, being let down so much in the past and all that crap that's come with it. I think I just have gotten to a point now too of it is what it is. I'm going to take it for what I see it. And I don't know. I think people with high optimism really frustrate me because I don't see what they're seeing. I don't see how they can see things in such a bright light, but not be disappointed at the end of the day. I don't know. You already know that about me, but anyways, <clears throat> that's a funny question. I'm glad you walked on thin ice there with that answer too. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that I forgot to even talk about was how you spent, what was it, a year working away from home four days a week? Yeah. Like so, staying overnight, uh, two hours away, yeah, four so days a week. Uh, yeah, we started doing, we uh, started kind of growing the company and down to the Des Moines area. And I ended up going down there and kind of heading it off, which was supposed to be kind of a, just go down there and test the waters. Had a, had a client call and wants to do a project that way. And so I went down there and that project led to another one, led to another one. And, you know, we've been down for three years with a couple more years booked out for sure. And, and that's been good in the company side of it. But yeah, that was when, you know, we first, I first started working kind of away and we were working 12 hour days and then winter came and we were like, you know what, we're spending 12 hours a day here at work and we're driving two hours in the morning, two hours at night. Sometimes the weather's making it three. It just pretty much was getting home enough, take a shower, go to bed and turn around, wake up and come back down. So yeah, we decided to stay. So yeah, I stayed, I stayed uh, Monday through Thursday for probably a little over a year away every weekend and come home Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, so that, that was definitely ch more challenging for you. I mean, being away from the kids and obviously the family was, was very, you know, that, that was hard for me, but as far uh, emotionally more, but I mean, it's physically, you know, you were kind of playing that role of a single mom, but not really single. Yeah. And that was, it was so weird for me too, because I think, we stayed fine throughout it. It was definitely a point where I finally, towards the end of it, had to get a babysitter one or two nights a week just so I could come down and have supper with you or something because it was testing our relationship so much because all we could do was text, essentially. You know, it's that was as, I don't know, as much as we could communicate. So got to a point where I was like, I need to come down and have supper or whatever, hang out, go on a date, do something. But also it sucked because I was a single mom 
And then you came along and then it like went back to being a single mom. Like I had that like taste in the middle there of this is exactly what I want. Like with your help and all that. And then you had to go back four nights a week, two hours away. And then I like went back to the routine of I get the kids ready we go to school, daycare, whatever it was, back home, do supper, bedtime by myself, and then do it again the next day and the next day and the next day. And then you were finally home. So it was like, okay, how are we going to make this work? But then I got pregnant with Chandler. I think that was right towards the end of when you were staying overnight, I believe, because it was spring of last year. So I think that was like right when you guys were wrapping up, staying down there. Because you, once the weather got better, you started coming back home. So that was like, thank God for him. Because otherwise, <laughs> he probably would have done it again this no, year. Right? Yeah, so, no, that was it's tough for anybody. Yeah, we're not going to do that one again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we'll flip the table here a little bit and get more into the dad thing. So what has been the funnest part of becoming a dad? Oh, there's there's a lot of good things, but just... Just seeing the kids and interacting with the kids, you know, getting home and them around to your truck and telling you what they did today and what they learned today. And yeah, I mean, just every, every part of it, whether or not you're, you're at home swearing because you got to pick up 45 Tupperware lids and, you know, my house is <laughs> 75 of those dang, big Stanley bottles that get banged together. Oh. All the time. But, it's all good. It's it's crazy. It's it's awesome to see how they're, you know, it's my favorite part. I guess my favorite part of all of it, which is not everybody's going to have this experience, but for me, I went from zero to two, you know, and then to three. I never just had one and then another one. So, but just being able to, they're all at different ages, but they're all close enough to where they're in relevance to each other, but they're just all so different. And to just, you know what I mean? They've, they've been with us the whole time, you know, our, our families and they're, you, you know, you think you raise them the exact same way, but they're all three. They're their own person, their own mind, their own attitude. Um, so just being able to, you know, watch them grow and develop and be their own person. And it's, it's, it's special for everybody. It's different for everybody too. What would you say has been the funnest part of, I don't know if funnest is the best word. <clears throat> I don't even know if funnest is a word. But what would you say has been the best part of like dating a single mom and getting into a relationship where that was already there? Like the kids were already there. Uh, I mean, like I said, you know, between you and I, I was calling my bonus kids. Obviously, just having those two was, you know, up as a package deal, just made everything even better Um, because their personalities, anybody knows, are they are they're not weak personalities. Those are uh, any idea where they get that from? Those are some pretty stubborn-headed kids. <laughs> they're, they're they're their own people, so that's great, you know. And there was one thing I you know I kind of wanted to touch on, with, with about you know dating a, a, a mom or you know it's just you know, I think I think the way to do it, the best way to do it is to is to try to leave the kids out of it as as long as you can at the beginning, because um, that's that's one thing that it, it's. The only thing that's that's different about dating a mother than it is in dating you know, just a regular, you know, another girl is, you know, there's kids involved, and but in, until you can really 
get along with, you know, their mother, your significant other to bring the kids in is, it's just, uh, it's a lot. So keeping that separated from as long as you can, in the beginning, I think is the best route to take. And obviously ours wasn't necessarily, you know, we did that. We did do that. Definitely. Um, I think we both agree. We wish we could have done it longer than what we did, but with the situation that we had, that you know, we had to make it work, but you know, getting to know each other and, be one-on-one before you meet kids is it, I think is the way to do it. Cause I, I, I think if you're a guy that is never, you know, you don't have kids and you, you start dating a single mom that has one or two kids. I, I bet by the end of the night, you don't text her back. <laughs> it's, it's a whole different world. <laughs> yeah. I would totally agree with that. I think we talked about that right. When we first started talking was that I wanted to, keep the kids out of it as long as possible. Just because I wanted to be sure about us first. Because once you add kids, especially the ages, like mine oldest was like just almost two and a half. So that's a very impressionable age and where they start like clinging to people almost um, and remembering people and all that. So There's a I knew that. that. I mean... There's again just a whole list of reasons that it's it's not a good idea to introduce the kids right away or to bring yeah. them, make them a part of your relationship. And there were a lot of nights where, if it was a weeknight, I would put the kids down first, and then Logan would just kind of wait and then come over for an hour or so after they went to bed to hang out, just so we didn't kind of jump the gun that quick. But I can tell you from the the get go. Especially when Logan first brought his dog over with him. I think my kids were just hooked. Because um, it's been those three against me ever since. Because it's they will all gang up on me. And Logan loves it because they know that... Or he knows that um, he's their favorite. So <laughs> I'm glad we waited. <laughs> yeah, it's, been, it's been good though. It's... I don't know. I can't I can't put it into words because on the opposite send it, or on the opposite side of it being their mom, like all I ever prayed for my entire life of being a mom is just for my future of them having somebody like Logan to look up to and to like provide for them and care for them and just be reliable for them, somebody that they never have to worry if he's coming home or I mean, there's nights where he works late and he gets home after bedtime, but they never go to bed wondering when's Logan going to be home or where's he at or is he going to be here in the morning? It's never been that. And just that sense of sense of security for them is all I could ask for. Um, and it's been huge for me to see it and just how easily and how well he adapted to that role too. And without even like hesitating... Um, I think I reminded him over and over and over and over again when we first met, like I have two kids, like two under two or two that are two and under, like I have two of them, two kids and over and over. I'm like, I am a mom. This is, this is real life. My schedule stinks. I'm gone all the time. And again, I have two kids. So just that he stuck around and put in the effort and um, 
I don't know. It just, it says something, especially with my job being gone all the time on the weekends. That's the only time that he had free. So he sacrificed that. And then he'd hang out with me when I got home from a wedding. And Logan, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but if you could give someone that is holding themselves back from being in a relationship with a single mom, what piece of advice would you give them? Um, yes, yeah, so I think we pretty touched on it, but just kind of to clear the air on that, I just, I won't, I won't ever use the, you know, the kid part as a, as a, as a, should you say red flag? You know, I, I wouldn't be like, you know, she's got kids. No, I don't think I want to try that. I just would emphasize that you two, you know, talk about it at the beginning and just are on the same understanding of let's leave the kids out of it as long as possible. Let's, you know, try to make arrangements. It's not, it's not, I don't, I don't mean that as, you know, I don't want the kids to be a part of this. I just, at the end of the day, you know, the, the kids are a lot more fragile than say, you know, us adults. So, and and not only that, but you don't want to confuse them and you don't want to portray anything like that to them as, you know, as they're growing up and developing too. But just sit down, emphasize, you know, be be clear on everything. You know, hey, I want to be you and I. You know, I want to make sure that you and I are compatible and that, you know, we, we see this going somewhere and we're comfortable with each other and do all that before, you know, we bring the kids into it. And, and, that, and that's a big thing, too, because, you know, you, and you got to be pretty comfortable and, you know, trustworthy and, you know, really everything pretty devoted to your partner before you can even think of the kid thing. Cause you know, there, there's a lot of days that you and I don't get a talk or, you know, there's so many situations that come up with the kids that require you to go to dance, me to go to Manson to get back, get the boys or me to work late and pick, you know, get food on the way home while you're taking Emerson to dance and whatever the case may be. I mean, you know, your, your relationship really does, Kids, I don't know, it's a weird thing to say, but kids bring your relationship as a couple closer, but it also tests all the waters of it too. Yeah. So I just I would agree be prepared on that. for that. Don't use the red flag and just make sure you and your partner are really clear on the beginning stages of kind of a process of, you know, making it work and putting in the effort. And I think you and I have a very... I just think you and I are very honest with each other as to where yeah. if you don't like something, you say it. I don't like something I say, and, and I mean, if it, if one of us have hurt feelings over it, the other one's like, well, you know, I sorry I hurt your feelings, but I really don't care because that's how I feel. So I don't mean it in a bad way, but it's just you and I are very open and honest. And and I think that's one thing I told you. I think when we were only like texting at the beginning was like I told you straight up. I will never sugarcoat something. Um, I've been through it before. I've been divorced by the time I was 23, 24. So I'm like, I'm not going to do it again. What you see is what you get. I'm going to tell you if something stinks. I'm going to tell you if something's good. And I don't think you and I have ever looked back since then. I think we've very strongly encouraged each other and recommended other ways to do things. And... (laughs) And I mean, you could go and you could probably ask anybody that knows me that uh, it's not uh, an uncommon idea or an uncommon thing that uh, Logan's not always the best with words and he's just going to tell you how it is. And if you don't <laughs> like it, that's your fault. I mean, kind of always been taking, you know, kind of take it or leave it. 
um, which again, back, it's just worked out between you and I and yeah, there's, trust me, you know, I'm sure list, someone listening to this thing. So, you know, they got it all, you know, good for them. They got it all figured out. Well, they're, trust me with all the good, there's been a lot of ugly. Yeah. And there's been a lot of bad in you know, in tons of different things. So we definitely yeah. don't have everything all worked out and I, you know, we're still every day working on ways to make things better for each other and the family and the kids. But I mean, at the end of the day, I think, and which, which we were very clear on too, when we first started was, you know, just honesty and no matter what, and being upfront with each other and bold. And I mean, yeah, our personalities are very different, but they mesh very well. Yeah. I would agree. Is there any advice or encouragements, recommendations, whatever you want to call it on dealing with somebody that's been divorced, whether they have kids or not. Is there anything that you found like on your own time, like not necessarily something between you and I or you and the kids or whatever, but just you as a person going into a relationship with somebody that's divorced or um, a struggle that you've hated Whatever. Is there anything along the lines of divorce that you would um, kind of voice on? I mean, there's uh, something. I mean, you just you got to give people time to heal because if if they don't ever heal, I mean, there's a lot of things even to this day still that you're you're used to. That was a big deal, you know, in your in your marriage, and it's you know then I mean for one of I just like holidays. You you always said that every holiday was always you know the rush of getting ready and, you know, just everything that was always arguments and a big confrontational day. And still to this day, you know, I think you despise holidays, you know, just with all the mess of stuff and just because of how it's happened in the mm-hmm. past, you know, on the flip side of me, I mean, I have a giant family, so holidays are great for me because I get to see, you know, I, mean, I have 80 or 90 cousins, not all first cousins, but second cousins, third cousins and stuff like that. But I mean, my mom's side of the family is just huge. So for me to be able, you know, to get to see all these people, it's a day I really look forward to, but then, you know, you can tell into you, it's like, yeah, you know, kind of ready for this day to be over. So mm-hmm. I think uh, just the only advice I would, you know, have is, you know, listen to your partner and, you know, and then at that, it's just give them the time to give them the time to heal. And obviously don't ever give them a reason to, you know, whatever they're struggling with, don't ever give them a reason to, continue with struggling with it, but just give them time, give them the time they need to heal. Um, you know, if a lot of times people feel like just doing it one day is going to make everything change and they can trust you and all that. And it uh-huh. doesn't always work that way. You just kind of got to people heal and kind of deal with stuff on their own time. And you got to respect that. Yeah, that was, that was good. That was a good observation. Um, like holidays and birthdays are not, not my thing. And I think that's something, um, especially this year that I've tried to change as far as I've been trying to make them more special for the kids and kind of distracting myself from that because kids and holidays and birthdays and they get so excited and so enamored by the idea of what this day is. So I think making that day so special for them and changing my perspective to their perspective and um, kind of like looking forward to it and enjoying it has been a huge, I don't know, perspective shift, I guess I could say, but 
Well, that was a good little tidbit. Okay, final piece of advice for a significant other dating an entrepreneur. <laughs> That's another one. Just <laughs> I, I don't. I would say there is be, no advice. Just yeah. I mean, keep to I, yourself. <laughs> the only advice I have is just be supportive. Again, there's just a lot. Again, entre- you know, the business, the kids. However, maybe I just think when you start a relationship, you got to keep that stuff out of it. You really do because. I know that if is involved that I am with work or vice versa, if that would have been the case when you or I first started, I think whether it was I or you, we would have said, all right, this prize is going to work out. So just got to be patient. You got to kind of be prepared for what you might uh, encounter. But the, the biggest thing that I think that we found that helps us a lot is to try to involve the other one in your work. Um, which it happens to be getting more involved in your work than in mine, since for one, my work's a little, I don't want to say harder, more complex, but just. Yeah, but you suck at technology. Right. No, you're in your desk. So I have to help you. <laughs> right. No, I was said you would definitely, but I mean, share, share your work with your other significant other. And, you know, that way when you are working at home, you still can try to do some of it together and still spend time together, interact. Otherwise, you know, as anybody knows, don't interact. Things don't work out very well. You did a good job. Am I done? <laughs> yes. Thank you um, for doing this. I think people will enjoy it. I think there's a lot of good advice and good tips. And yeah, that was good. So thank you for listening today. And uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for tuning in to the Bright Side Podcast. We would love it and appreciate it so much if you could subscribe, rate, and review the show. Check us out on our Instagram at brighton underscore co and on our website, brightonco.com.